Hello there! Welcome to the world of Pokemon! My name is Boyle. People call me the Pokemon Professor. This world is inhabited by creatures called Pokemon. For some people, Pokemon are pets. Others use them to fight. Myself, I play Pokemon games as a profession. First, what's your name? Right, so your name is... Tom. This is my grandson. He's been your rival since you were a baby. Mm. What's his name again? That's right. I remember now. His name is... Matt. Tom, your very own Pokemon podcast is about to unfold. The world of dreams and adventures of Pokemon awaits. It's Tom and Matt Attack. Wow. Glad we prepared for an introduction for once. Best intro ever. I think so, probably. I mean, yeah, it's how it goes. So I've never you heard I... you put on s- such an accent. No, I an mean... An exaggerated was... uh, Welsh accent. <laughs> uh, just prior to the podcast, Matt was going to do that in a very posh uh, English accent. And then I, I thought, well, <laughs> wouldn't it be funny if he did it in Welsh? And I was not prepared. For that. No, you weren't. To be honest, I was I was giggling to myself. <laughs> oh god. Hello there, Matthew. Yeah, uh before we get into this, which if surprise, surprise, you haven't heard or haven't really cottoned on, uh this two hundred and fifty first episode of Tom and Matt Attack will be all about Pokemon. Why two hundred and fifty one? Why not two hundred and fifty? Wouldn't that have been a logical number? Tom and I had this conversation and well, there's 251 Pokemon in the original two games. And let's be honest, what more do you need? Um, well, we'll get into that, I think. I, we'll talk about our, our loves of this franchise, where we waned, where we played, where we came back to it. And, yeah, before we do that, Tom, I'm just going to ask you, how are you doing? You all right? I'm all right, thanks, Matt. You know, can't complain. I've actually played lots of games this week, which we'll have to save till next time. <laughs> I I have Pokemon this time. To be honest with you, purely on the like the thing of me going, oh, I don't really have to play that many games this week because Pokemon's out. Though there were a couple on Switch, so I was like, oh, I'll pick those up. Maybe I'll talk about them for next week. Yeah, yeah. I'm I'm excited to talk about this. I, oh, me too. Su- surprise, surprise! People who who know me as someone who's obsessed with the Game Boy, one of the reasons I love that system so much happens to be the Pokemon games. The reason I also wear glasses, probably also the Pokemon. The games. reason. I ever owned a Game Boy in the first place was to play Pokemon. Yeah. Without Pokemon, I may have never... Well, eventually I would have, but I wouldn't have had that extra push to own a Game Boy. Well, I, I think it was because it was all-consuming. For those for young whippersnappers who weren't there in those hazy days of the early 1990s... We were all brainwashed. We were. <laughs> it came... Pokemon came like a tour de force. I mean... It is so many firsts for me. It is, it it marks me buying a game myself with money. It marks my first import. It is the first mark of me upgrading a console. It is me playing and buying a game in Japanese for the first time. It's me actually playing ROMs for the first time. It's lots of like 
my gaming firsts, actually. It's a, a franchise no. I hold very deep to my heart. Also, there's personal tragedy involved, which I'll, I'll get into a bit later. But, so, yeah. Are we going to start at the very beginning, our first sort of... Uh, when we first became aware of Pokemon? I think we probably should. Um, yeah. If I look at release dates and the timelines of the Pokemon games... Um, obviously, there were two games released in Japan after what I believe was roughly like a 10-year development cycle. It was a very, very long well, time. It's very interesting. Pokemon was first conceived in 1989. I was going to say... Satoshi Tajiri. I knew it was a very long development cycle, and that yeah. kind of factors in a lot into why Gold and Silver ended up being the way they were as well, and why I think... If you look at the visual language of a lot of those Pokemon, the reason that they're all very similar is they worked on this game for such a long time that a lot of the monster designs would end up getting so refined and they're so pure forms. I don't think you've seen the other games, but anyway. Hmm. First Pokemon 96. games came out in 96 in Japan, which were Pokemon Red and Pokemon Green. Um, a year later, oh, actually, within the same year, I apologise, uh, Pokemon Blue came out in Japan. Mm-hmm. And I think from there, this had started to swell. Like The games were so popular that they refined them a little bit. They updated the sprite art and did everything else and released this version through Korokoru, uh, I think it was, the the, ch- the the younger generation's manga magazine in Japan, and then it got a full retail release. Because there were some bugs and some of the sprite work just wasn't that great and they wanted to refine it, and so they released this. And it would then get a refinement again. In they would take the basis of this Japanese version of Blue to make the versions that we all know as Red and Blue. Like, there's a, yeah, yeah. a weird, like, lineage of conversion there where it went into that one and came out again. And we and didn't get come, until 98, yeah? That would come out in 98, yeah. Well, actually, mm-hmm. 99 for Europe. It came out a year later. But okay. The thing was, when these games were coming out and when they were being talked about in things like official Nintendo magazine, we in the UK had already had the anime for quite a long time. And I remember seeing it on... Would it have been Sky One? I I saw it on ITV. It might have been on ITV. I was thinking, I was just like, which one was it? And it came on and I remember seeing it and going oh my god this is amazing i remember there being a big build up to that first episode where it Ash was yeah it was, on tv it was an event yeah and it was it was so weird it was all anyone could talk about in the playground like we like i had played with things i'd been like into star wars and transformers from my brother's hand-me-down toys and like me and my schoolmates were into like, lots of things like we were into other games like Street Fighter and all of these other things that were out that like our older relatives were playing or that we were seeing in official Nintendo magazine. And I just remember Pokemon taking over everything, like as a kid in primary school at the time, being like what, eight, nine years old, I remember have like we were playing Pokemon in the schoolyard and I remember those chunky toys that you would get in the Pokeball, I can't remember who made them, came out. Tomy, maybe? It might have been Tomy, yeah. I remember those first toys coming out with, like, a fake Pokeball and, like, a a really fat Pidgey and a Pikachu and people bringing those into school and, like, everyone trying to rush to Woolworths in my hometown to buy them, but they were all sold out because 
they couldn't keep them on the shelves. So you were in high school at this time? I was in primary school. Okay, I was, I was in high school. I was still a yeah. wee lad. Um, yeah. I was the prime age to be brainwashed by Pokemon. And it came out, uh, and I remember me and my buddy Andrew, who we would play this game to the wee hours of the morning. Like, I remember us looking in the back of official Nintendo magazine, and there was an importer called King Cat. Yeah, I remember um, that. Yeah. And like, was that the official I, magazine, or was that N sixty four magazine? No, that was that was official Nintendo magazine. Like, there would be a thing in the back okay. where importers would list right, yeah. their services. And like, I would remember seeing other people as well, like Raven Games and some of these other importers at the back. And I, I, you know, a lot of those would be listing weird Saturn games and stuff at the time, even in official Nintendo magazine. I mean, not really being into that and looking at some stuff that I would realize later was things like the covers of things like Radiant Silver Gun. I'm just not really registering it because I would just be looking in the back to see if anyone had Pokemon and they Mm. did. And I remember buying my copy of Pokemon Red. My mate Andrew bought Pokemon Blue. We we made that conscious decision to say, right, I'm going to buy this one, you're going to buy that one. You bought it before it was released in the UK? I bought it before it was released in the UK. I bought it a week after it came out in America. I got it for Christmas that year. Oh, and you so, must have been like the coolest kid in school. Honestly, mate, I was thinking about it this morning. <laughs> We literally, my mum and dad's house isn't the biggest house. And like we have this little, um, God, little hallway that goes onto the stairs and then goes into the living room as you go into my parents' house. We were literally like, I remember at points, me and Andrew would be battling Pokemon there. And we would have like an audience of about 10 kids. (laughs) Like people would literally come to my house or Andrew's house to watch us play Pokemon on a Game Boy. It was nuts. And like, That's with an original then, Game Boy you were playing it on. This was an original Game Boy, yeah. The colour obviously wasn't out at that point. And mm. we were playing it. And like I remember kids coming over, and then obviously other kids would start to import it as well. But the issue became it was very hard to get hold of. It was selling like hotcakes in America. And obviously anyone who was into Pokemon within the UK and was reading official Nintendo magazine or Total Game Boy or any of these other things was trying to get their hands on it, and it was very hard to get hold of. And right. so they, we we were playing this game. We we blitzed it. We got through a lot of the Pokedex. We were the first people I knew to have 150. We had legitimate level 100 Pokemon. And we played this game to death. How oh, yeah, you? the amount of hours I played on that original, on Pokemon Blue. Yeah. I don't think I've ever played any game as much as I've played that game. No, me neither. <laughs> I Maybe Final Fantasy VII, but no, I, I honestly, I think it was yeah. Pokemon Red. It was just grinding. I remember just going into the mysterious caves and just fighting anything I could to try and level up The Unknown Dungeon? The Unknown Dungeon, yeah, thank yeah, you. Yeah. Mysterious Caves from Silver, right? I, I, I don't, really don't know. Yeah. <laughs> but the one where Mewtwo is... Yeah, the one the where unknown dungeon. Is, and then yeah, where you get the, the higher level Pokemon. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So my experience was a little different than yours because I was a little later to the party. Uh, I think I'd fallen for the hype. I must yeah. have seen the TV show, but the the one thing I remember distinctly was an article, the the Pokemon review in N sixty four magazine. Okay, right. that was it. And I remember a camping trip, and I I took this magazine with me. I think I just got it. And I'd just spend all the time just looking at that article. 
salivating, reading it over and over again and deciding how much I wanted Pokemon. Now I, I was thinking, right, I'm going to get a Game Boy Pocket with a camera. I'm going to get all that and I'm going to get Pokemon. And I think that was my mission for, for some time to, to own Pokemon. And meanwhile, um, my friend Gareth had Pokemon on his red uh, Manchester United Game Boy. And he would bring it into school. I'd say that at this point we were at high school and, and that was always very exciting. Uh, but yeah, I got it at the same time as my next door neighbour, Chris. And I actually got a Game Boy Colour to play Pokemon Blue. So I, I didn't get it until the Game Boy Colour was out whenever that came out. Yeah. So Turquoise Game Boy Colour, copy of Pokemon Blue, Chris got Pokemon Red. And uh, that, that was the start of it all for me. Yeah. Ha. Huh. <laughs> I I honestly I played that game to death and I'm just looking because I know I know the date that I would have played Pokemon Red until because it coincides with the release of Pokemon Stadium which in Europe mm. was the 7th of April 2000. So if I got that for Christmas in 98 I played that game for a good year and a half solid maybe like I I played that game to absolute death like i said it became a thing where we met people from other schools and stuff like who were into pokemon which is not really something that happened that much you know like you had your group of friends and you knew people mm. from schools and like we met people like and we got to be friends with people who we perhaps otherwise would never have met. To you know, well, like, that's great. That's the idea. The great idea of Pokemon, wasn't it? It was to be a social game. That's why they encouraged trading. That's why they only had certain Pokemon on certain games. Yeah, but it's bonkers to think like how much time I spent on that game. I just remember sitting on a couch, and like even though it's a year and a half, that felt like such a long time. Like honestly, I thought it was a couple of years, but like I. I loved that game. I played it so much. I, I took it everywhere I, with me. I had the little bag for my Game Boy Color that I'd yeah. wear out like a bum bag. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And with extra batteries in the side pockets. And uh, yeah, I remember going to grandparents' house. Uh, I remember everywhere I'd go, uh, I was taking Pokemon with me. And, you know, I was playing it at night in bed. I was playing it every, every moment I could. I was sinking into that game. And I used yeah. to have strange sort of traditions when I played Pokemon. I remember when I got up to Elite Four, and the first time I did it, I felt like such an epic thing to be doing, the Elite Four. This is how much Pokemon meant to me. I said, I've got to make it a special occasion. So I had the living room to myself. I put on the Beatles' Yellow Submarine album. I don't know why I had to do that. It's a very weird thing describing it now. But I turned the sound off, actually, and played through listening to Yellow Submarine, whole album, and completed the Elite Four for the first time. And every time I was going to do the Elite Four, I'd have to have that same tradition. I'd have to make it this massive event. <laughs> okay. And I remember the first time I did it without doing that, I felt, whoa, this is, you know, I'm really being <laughs> breaking the rules here. It was the same when we did Pokemon trading. When I used to have Gareth around Pokemon trading, he used to set up two chairs facing each other in my bedroom. Yeah. And we used <laughs> make Gareth sit down on this particular chair facing me where we um, traded Pokemon. And, you know, to think back at it now, this seems really weird. Yeah. And, the, and the last thing that was, was really weird about my Pokemon traditions was um, holding back getting the final Pokemon in the Pokedex until I, I, I said to myself, I'm going to be standing on the edge of a cliff 
when I get that last Pokemon. I'm going to go to a really high point looking over the sea and I'm going to get that last Pokemon. And that's going to be the epic moment. And it's never happened. I never caught that last Pokemon on Pokemon um, Blue. I think I would have had to evolve uh, an Eevee into Vaporeon or something to get it. Yeah. And I never did it. And now my save's gone. Oh, mate. Uh, I had goes. Mew on there as well because we went to the event. I don't know if you went to and got yeah, Mew we at went, any event. I went, to, I went to the one in Cardiff. Yeah, we went to the one Manchester Trafford Centre, me and my friend Adam, and we queued and we were just off camera because they were filming it for um, the news, the Northwest Tonight uh, yeah. local news. And, um, yeah, we just didn't make it onto the camera. They also had a Pokemon Snap event at the same time, I think. So it was around the time Snap was coming out that they were they were um, giving Mew away, but the very sad thing about it, and I think this is it, is I decided when I started to play Pokemon Crystal. This is years later, after the fact, because yeah. I actually got my copy of Crystal from you, and uh, I was playing it on my Game Boy SP, and I thought, well, when I start this, I'm going to transfer Mew straight over because he's only like level five. It's going to be perfect. Yeah. I'm going to start with Mew, and then the battery went, didn't it? And I think I uh... lost Mew. Because I never replaced a battery in that, thinking oh, it would be okay. This is before I was aware of all that. So I think I lost my original original trainer UK Mew uh, when that save went. But to tell you the truth, I would have lost it when the battery went in my copy of Blue as well. Yeah. So, well, I mean, I I lost mine in more crushing circumstances. Oh, uh, this is I've, yeah. I've, you've I've told, told me this you one. about this. I, I actually. <laughs> quite funny because my, my mate andrew bless him if you're listening sorry and for bringing this up again he actually apologized to me <laughs> years later You're still traumatized by it. um so on top of obviously like we we had i i had a legitimate mew i can't remember if andrew went to that thing as well but we we realized the way to get mew was if you bought an action replay card you could get in the hex for mew so what we started doing was both him and me caught a load of Mews and we were trading them to people who didn't have Mew because obviously this event in Cardiff only happened once. And we got, le- we got legitimate level 100 Pokemon from people that they trained for these Mews that we had got via an action <laughs> replay card. And obviously, like I, I beg to differ if a lot of those were actual legitimate level 100 Pokemon or if people had done the Cinnabar Island trick. Where you you know you could surf up and down Cinnabar Island, running to missing go, but also there would be Pokemon there that were like a level 147 and 123 and whatever. That oh, this like was the missing the number Pokemon yeah, glitch, yeah, yeah. wasn't it? Yeah, yeah, I remember. And this. you could you could you could pretty much you could through a sequence of events you could go and surf up and down Cinnabar Island on the side of it and catch pokemon that were way too high level and it was a pain in the ass because we set up like pokemon gyms and stuff me and my friends and then you'd be fortunately the pokemon you legitimately raised to level 100 would generally have better stats than the ones you would catch there but it was still a pain in the ass fighting someone who had like a level 30 137 snorlax and you were like oh god my charizard and my mewtwo are only 100 you can anyway, get. You could go over a hundred. They would go over the Pokemon. You would catch would the go over a hundred. Yeah, and then right, when yeah. you they can't you really leveled, be as strong as that. No, though. they weren't. And when you level them up once, they would drop to a hundred. And obviously, it would look impressive. It would look like you had level hundred Pokemon, but they wouldn't have the same stats. So generally speaking, I the see. ones you raised yourself and grinded to a hundred would be better. 
Yeah. But they were still hard to fight because the game still gave them inflated health and whatever. Mm. Anyways. So, we did this a lot. I didn't do the Cinema Island stuff, and my mate Andrew did, so I'm not sure what caused his game to eventually die. But it was either my action replay card or him doing this Cinnabar Island trick, but something happened where he I lent him my action replay to get more Muse, and his game got erased one way or another. And so being like an 11-year-old and egged on by other people, he took my copy of the game and erased my copy of Pokemon Red. And the way I found out was I bought Pokemon Stadium on the day it came out, plugged it into the oh. game, into the game, and it was like, oh, there's no Pokemon. I said, what the fuck do you mean there's no Pokemon? And, yeah. I bet you really had a moment there, because I know oh, when I... you're little, these things mean so much more to you than they do when you're older, of course. Yeah. I bawled my eyes out. I was so upset. Yeah. Like, I was just thinking yeah. about how much time and energy I'd put into that and, like, all of these other things that I could just We're talking replace. hundreds of hours, aren't we? Mine was God, 400 hours more. or something on Pokemon. If not but... more, Tom, honestly. Like, yeah. I... I legitimately had a six a squad of six Pokemon that was level hundred. It was nuts. It was re I was really, really upset. And like my I remember my dad not understanding it and just being like it's a game. Like why are you upset? And my mum just being like, Yeah, but you've seen how much hours he's put into this. This is ridiculous. Um, yeah, so that happened. And I didn't play Pokemon Red again after that. Like I think I restarted <laughs> it. But what actually kind of kept me on Pokemon at that point was I'd, I'd played a lot of Pokemon Silver. We'll talk about that in a minute. But I I got a copy of Pokemon Yellow. My mum bought me a copy of Pokemon Yellow when that came out. And we went down to Tembi, which is in West Wales. And I remember being stuck in a caravan for a week because it was absolutely pissing down. And I, I played a lot of Pokemon Yellow and I really got into that. And I did eventually get to the point where I had 151 Pokemon on that. And I was just going through it before we talked on this podcast because the battery's still active. I'm going to back up my save today, actually, to make sure I keep having this. Because but... it still means something to you. Yeah, and it was still funny <laughs> to go through and like see Pokemon that I'd clearly traded myself when I'd got a game by colour. So I had like an Alakazam, that the original trainer was Matthew, because I originally went by Matthew in those games. Hmm. And... Yeah, it's just just like looking at the ridiculous names. Like I have a, a Pidgeot that I call Louie, which started my fascination with giving all of my bird Pokemon like weird human names. Like when I eventually would play uh, Emerald, my, my yeah. torch chick was called Clive. <laughs> well, I felt like, and weird as this sounds now, an emotional attachment to these little pixelized monsters that are in my Pokemon yeah, game. Me too. I felt like, you know, I owed them something. I'd have, I had a thing with Pokemon where I'd felt bad if I'd take a Pokemon out of my original team. I, I, yeah. I was that kind of guy who was me like, too. well, I've had this one since the beginning. I can't just put him in a box now and forget about him. I've got to stick with him, you know. <laughs> I know that. Uh, <laughs> And you know, I'd feel I feel guilty if I did something different. Um, and then, of course, when you trade them, you trade. I never traded any Pokemon that I uh, had an attachment to. I don't think. No, me neither. Uh, yeah, it's it's funny. I think who did you start with on your first Pokemon? Experience? Charmander. I generally Charmander. Me speaking, too. there will be a, yeah. a a red thread here of me starting with Fire Pokemon. I think only one game I didn't. But yeah, yeah, generally speaking, for me, it was Fire Pokemon always. Um, start with Charmander. Um, what was your squad before I, I get into yeah. that? I mean, so I can actually remember this. I can't can't remember Gold and Silver 
as well, but I can remember yeah. Pokemon Blue. And that was, okay, I'm going to really go for it now. Charizard, yeah. uh, Lap- Charizard, Lapras, Gengar, Sandslash, Articuno. Yeah. I can't remember the last one. I can remember five of them. Yeah. Uh, Me too, obviously. Sorry? Mewtwo, obviously. No, no, I wouldn't. I know. I thought that really? was cheating. I thought Mewtwo you can't have him. He's too strong. You it's Mewtwo. not right. You yeah, you know jump. this is. A, yeah, I wasn't. Your weird all right rules in the head, that you set up for yourself. I know. Because um, my friend Adam didn't have any qualms about having all the legendary birds and Mewtwo and yeah. you know and all that. Uh, it's like that's how you do it, and you yeah. beat me every time. But I'd stick with these Pokemon. Um, but like, the so Sandslash was. I'm just thinking, Sandslash was ground, Articuno's ice, Lapras, water, Charizard, fire, Gengar, psychic, no, ghost and poison. Yeah, ghost and poison. I should have had a, I don't think I had a grass Pokemon. Oh, I I'm got, oh Pikachu I had, of course. Uh, okay, and I'd never course. evolve him, because I'm huh. an idiot. Yeah. <laughs> and I'd watch, a t- I'd watch a TV show, and I said, well, I shouldn't evolve his Pikachu. I yeah. won't evolve my Pikachu. I like Pikachu. Although Raichu's I mean, I, so much cooler in retrospect. I never, I never evolved my Pikachu in Pokemon Yellow as well. It felt like you <laughs> Well, you, you can't in Yellow. He, he throws it away. Does he? won't he? let you. Yeah, I he's thought you stronger could after than... A cer- I thought nah. you could after a certain level. I'm pretty sure you can't. I think he's stronger than an average Pikachu anyway. He is, yeah. Which is very much what I had on Pokemon Blue, an average Pikachu that I stuck yeah. with. And actually, I didn't get anyone to level 100. They were all like 75... I oh, man, I I put in I put in the hours. Every, I remember like every day I would play Pokemon for a couple of hours and try and go like, okay, I need to get you from halfway to seven, from ninety seven to ninety eight to the full way. This today, yeah. you are my primary thing that I'm doing, and I would like okay. make sure you, I was you were definitely more intensely. Uh, oh man, like I said, me. we we set up gyms. I remember being in my Michael's garage and like people coming over to try and beat the three of us because we were the the people to beat if you wanted to be mm. like serious about Pokemon. This is way before competitive Pokemon. This is way before IVs. Yeah. This was just be- pure yeah. people training Pokemon and trying to beat other people. But you're an RPG player. Pokemon was the first RPG I ever played. I think it, it might be mine. If I'm honest, yeah. I think it may have been my gateway drug to JRPGs. This is the first one I can remember playing. Anyway, I mean, I got into other stuff around the same time through ROMs, but like Pokemon was definitely the first one I played. I think. Yeah, so I just feel like you you had more of that mentality for that genre. Yeah, um, I'd never played anything like Pokemon. I didn't see it as an RPG, particularly having never played an RPG before, I don't think. For me, what it was, it was the monsters that was the, the main draw and how much flexibility you had to create a party of six Pokemon yeah. who were very much unique to yourself. Yeah. You know, there was so much choice. It wasn't like a regular RPG where you have a set number of characters and everyone's got the same characters. Yeah, Pokemon yeah. was a game where you could put your own spin on it. And it felt very much like an open world. I know it wasn't because yeah. bits were cut off with the like cut and yeah, surf. Yeah, yeah. And obviously the game was staggered in a way that you couldn't explore the whole thing. Yeah. But once you'd opened it all up, it was very much an open world yeah, adventure game. Yeah. I mean, you got to go around the whole region of Kanto. Like it, it's incredible. I remember just you know like the weird things where. Obviously, now as an adult who's played a lot of video games, I can see it as progression, limitations, and everything else. But 
I remember at the time, like, getting surf and going, oh, wow, I wonder what's over here. Like, mm. and just naturally that's what you're supposed to do with the game. But, like, me thinking, like, wow, this whole world to explore. And it isn't even really that big. But it felt massive. Like, the, the potential of that world is incredible. And to be fair, yeah. like, when you play Pokemon games now, it still feels very much that same size. And I think that's kind of what limits it. But at the time, it just felt so huge and so expansive. It was ace. My team was at a Charizard and a Mewtwo, a Snorlax, an Articuno, a Gengar, and a Dragonite, I think were mine. I didn't use any of the other legendary birds. Hey man, it did me well. Like it would it would generally beat a lot of people. I remember my mate Andrew pretty much had very reminiscent of yours, actually. I mean, his was... He had a Venusaur, if I remember correctly. Venusaur, Mewtwo, Snorlax, Gengar, and then I can't remember... I think the last two were... Either he would use a Sand Slash and a Clefable, or he would use a Kangaskhan... Mm. and I believe a golem. I can't remember. There's a lot of my mates had very similar teams, and I know my mate Woody had a golem and an Alakazam and a Zapdos that he would always use, but I can't remember Oh, Goku Pokemon. I think that's interesting to find out what other people picked, because I think there were Pokemon that were definitely more favourable than others. Yeah. To be fair, right, like a lot of that, I think, was dictated, like Sandslash and Golem especially, I think were dictated by what you could get on Cinnabar Island, maybe even Snorlax to a certain extent. So, like, people would get these Pokemon and catch them on Cinnabar Island at a ridiculous level, and then they would Mm. form the basis. But, like, I kept... I mean, obviously, like, when you caught a Pokemon in that game, it was such an event, like, catching Snorlax with a poker flute or going into the the ice caves to catch Articuno and, as you say, into the mysterious dungeon to get... The hidden cave, sorry, to get Mewtwo. Unknown dungeon. Unknown Dungeon, god damn it. I, I can't remember the name of that place despite spending so much time in it's there. It's got a very generic de- well, I mean, it's just it's just on a blinking sign outside, isn't it? It's like no one tells you, like, oh, you need to go to the Unknown Dungeon. I think it's just on a sign or something. Well, you can't go in there until you've after you've beaten the Elite Four, isn't yeah, it? Yeah, 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 yeah. But, I mean, there's just a sign outside, isn't there, that says the name it's, of it? It's, it's above a Cerulean City. Yeah, yeah, no, I know, yeah, I know where yeah. it is. Yeah. But anyway. Of course you do. <laughs> God, this is 30 minutes, Tom, that we've talked about these games. Do you know I what? Think... I think we'll find that this is where our focal point will be, the original Pokemon. Because I have played, obviously, nearly every entry since. Well, I have played yeah. every main entry since. But I think for me still, that was it. That was the beginning of it all. That's where the groundwork was laid for Pokemon. And that is still the Pokemon game, Pokemon Blue, that I've played the most. I'm not sure, in retrospect, if Red is the game I played the most. Probably in terms of hours and grinding and everything else. Yeah. But when I when I think about the next games in the series, I think perhaps they are the ones I've spent the most time on, just because of how okay. many times I've played those games. We Obviously, should move Red, on. Yeah, move I was on gonna to say, Gold and Silver. We can we can briefly touch on the fact as well that the Game Boy Advance would eventually get a re-release of Pokemon Red and Pokemon Green in Pokemon Fire Red and Leaf Green uh, in 2004. 
I did not play those games, Tom, despite how much I love the original. I actually probably put more time into the more recent Let's Go, Pikachu, and Eevee mm. games, which were released in 2018 on yeah. Nintendo Switch. Well, I didn't have them, uh, but my friend Dave did. And yeah. uh, I think I borrowed his Pokemon, sorry, his copy of Leaf Green. And actually continued where he gave up. I think he started it, but not got very far. So I just yeah. like finished it all off. I don't know how he felt about that, but he lost that po- copy of Pokemon Green in the end. He left it in a, in a case with his, uh, I think his DS uh, on a train oh, and he man. lost it. But I that felt sucks. quite proud of what I'd done. I was like, oh, I can improve this. I can do pretty well. I, I opened <laughs> up like the X. Ex- there was an extra part in that game that wasn't there in was, the originals. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I, I, was, I was in that area. I remember that. But obviously that was a, a nice uh, redoing, a reworking of the original. Yeah. A remake, you know, a trend that we see very often now. Yeah, exactly. I mean, whereas obviously the first game was the first one to introduce, hey, we're going to do spin-offs. And I mean, even if you look at Japan, like from fi- uh, from red and green into blue, like that is a trend that has continued. Weirdly, though, like this is something I've always kind of been a bit baffled by. And I mean, obviously this game sold gangbusters in Japan. But even more recently with Pokemon Go, there was a can- uh, Kanto event and... The tickets were red or green, not red or blue. And I was like, mm, I, I know you released them on the Game Boy Advance, but I still think for the core Pokemon audience, red and blue are more synonymous, perhaps, well, globally. Of Japan. Yeah. yeah, with these things. I, I would have hey, said. Um, but yeah, actually, something we didn't touch on. Uh, Favourite Pokemon from the original 151? I, I'm going to be honest with you. It changes every time I think about it. It is... Okay. It is those Pokemon are so core to the Pokemon experience. I think, if I'm being truly honest with myself, it is probably still Charizard. I remember mm. seeing that Pokemon on the cover of Pokemon Red and going, wow, Majestic. this is super cool. I, a notable shout-outs obviously go out to me too. I really like the design of Kangaskhan. Yeah. Um, I, I think Articuno looks ace, so the legendary birds. I really like the look of Zapdos as well. Like The mm. legendaries in that game all are designed on point. Yeah, I, I think I have to go with Charizard. I know it's a bit... Okay. I think it's a lot of people's, but hey. There's a reason why he's so popular. It's just a cool Pokemon. I mean, I mean there's a reason he gets two Mega it's a dragon. Yeah. <laughs> it's a really cool-looking dragon. And as much as I like Dragonite, uh, who is the more friendly-looking dragon, although his sprite yes. in Pokemon uh, Red and Blue was quite mean-looking, if I yes. remember. Although he is known as more the friendly one. Um, he's also great. My favourite was uh, Gengar. And still is, to this day. Yeah, uh, Gengar is my favourite Pokemon, and he's definitely my favourite out of the original 151. Fair enough. But, so, uh, I mean, Charizard, Pikachu, um, you know, those Pokemon are also, as cliched as it is, as you say, that they're, they're, they're real classics. And uh, Sandslash, I always thought, was super cool. I always thought Sandslash was cool as well. Yeah. Although I taught him Fissure, which was stupid, because it's got a really low chance of hitting. Yeah. It's got like five of them, and it never hits. But when it does, no. it's one hit KO. But yeah, yeah. <laughs> I mean, it, God. So some of the, like some of the stuff around moves and whatever. I I think we need to move on, Tom. Because yeah, we do need to. Speaking of moves, we need to move on. Um, briefly say Pokemon Stadium. Amazing seeing Pokemon 3D. I know you had a slightly different experience because your yeah. first experience was a sour one. But uh, great game on the N64. Really got into the mini games too on that. 
Yeah. Um, my friend Adam would borrow it and play through all the cups, and before I'd even completed it all, he'd done everything on it. <laughs> and uh, but I did manage to do the get unlock the expert or master level on the mini games. If you do so well on that, yeah. you can unlock an extra difficulty. So uh, yeah, some great ones. Snore War was uh, was a favourite with the drowsies. You just had yeah. to press a button in the right time. But gold and silver, here we are. Arguably better than red and blue, I would say. I would think so. I, I mean, think actually you know, definitely better than red and blue. I, as classic I would, as they are. I So as I kind of briefly touched upon, right, like I played... I remember we'd played red for a long time. And then I remember... I think it was Andrew. I'm pretty sure it was my mate Andrew realising... As we were like engaged, as like the internet was starting to open up with us, as we were starting to get PCs, I remember that we'd started going into like Yahoo chat rooms with Dragon Ball related blinking names for our for our sign ons and whatever. And <laughs> SS4 Vegeta. Yeah, literally <laughs> SSJ4, the start of our names. Um, and. I remember Andrew finding out that hey, there's this there's this thing called emulation, and you can literally play Game Boy games on your computer. And we were like, what? And uh, someone, I I was trying to find the name of whatever group had done this before the podcast, and I couldn't, which is a shame. Someone did a fan translation of Pokemon Silver, like literally a month or two after it came out, mm-hmm. and so we I played Pokemon silver on a pc for the first time and that is where actually i switched from being matthew to matt with two t's because the limitation of the rom because it was supposed to just be kanji for some reason the limitation meant you could only put in four letters for your name Ah. and so my mate andrew became mags because his surname is margetson I became Matt because I wanted to extend it rather than math because obviously it related to maths. And then we were like, <laughs> oh, we're 11. We're too cool for maths. Um, uh, yeah, my mate Aaron became Azzy. Like, loads of people just made these small things that they would end up using for years afterwards because of mm. this Pokemon Silver ROM. So you're all playing it on, on Emulator? All playing it on Emulator. Like, Could you all... battle each other or trade? No, we couldn't. We couldn't no. trade. You couldn't do any of that stuff. And it got to the point where after you beat the Elite Four and got out of... Oh, gosh, what's the... what's the? I can't remember the name of the blinking town. Like, what's the region? It's Johto, right? For Silver. Johto, yeah. 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 I can never remember it because yeah. it was mistranslated. It was a weird name in the ROM. And I often I remember confusion around Pokemon names because of that, because they were named yeah. weird things. Uh, I remember it. Purely based on the theme tune. Pokemon yeah. Johto. Doo, 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 oh, I never watched the one. anime for that. I was just into the uh, games at that point. Yeah, I still watched that one. I think that was the last one I really watched. Yeah. I think yeah. the movie was the last one I watched. I remember, like, you know, seeing, like, snippets of that uh, little animation that ran before the main feature where, like, Ash goes to an island and there's a Marrel and. Oh, it's uh, Pikachu's Vacation. Yeah, Pikachu's vacation and just seeing a Dom fan and stuff for the first time was just Oh, like, that wow. was that was the actual film. That was, that was the, the actual start of it, right? Film. He was, he was yeah, where it Dom played fan. the classic Pokemon theme tune and that was yeah, like the yeah. movie event of 
your life. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Getting an ancient Mew card that you couldn't read or couldn't use for your trading card game. Oh, God, I could go off on a tangent about the trading card game as well. Um, anyway, got this, played it to death, got past uh, the Johto region into Kanto through the insanely talented programming work of um, Iwata, RIP, who had told like not only optimized the game so it would run properly but also told game freak hey actually if you do x y and z you'll be able to fit the entire previous region onto this yeah cartridge. i've never thought about the technical um skills involved in getting that game as big as it actually is because it's yeah. two games in one which is, is. just mind-blowing it's yeah. just because it's just because of water. Bless his bless his soul. He he figured out how to do that. He not only fixed the game for Game Freak, but like was like, oh, actually, if you just do this, you could actually fit all of this extra stuff in there, which is amazing. Anyway, played it to death on an emulator. Got past that. Like the translation got real funny after that point, though, because they clearly just translated the bit that was the main bit, and then when it came to battling those gym leaders again and seeing people like Misty and Brock as like older versions themselves, I was like, wow, this is really cool. This is a continuality in this game that I hadn't experienced before. I never thought like, of that, that they were older, but I guess their sprites were different and yeah, they were meant they were. to be older versions. Yeah, of course they were. Because I mean, like you, you play, like you, when you eventually get to the end of that game, the person you verse is... The original trainer is supposed to be you, right? You're supposed to be oh, fighting yourself. And yeah, red or yeah, red. Yeah, yeah. it was. Oh, I love, I love Pokemon Silver. I I loved it so much, Tom. In fact, that not only did I port import the Japanese version of the game and played through the Japanese version of the game because I knew it so well from playing it on the emulator, that I knew what to yeah. do. That as soon as it came out in America, I imported it from America as well. <laughs> I love Pokemon Silver. I honestly, when I when I think about that and the fact that I played that game three times, it probably means I played it more than Red. But I don't yeah. know. Well, I first got. I remember getting Silver. I think it was from Woolworths, right. and then we went to uh, Stapley Water Gardens, which was a right. really it was like a a favorite place to visit uh, where I grew up. And uh, they had a place called the Palms, which was they had all sorts of wild animals in there. Nothing big, but you know, like snakes and uh, fish and (laughs) (laughs) parrots and such. And the first time I played it again, I had to make it an event. Sat down in in the main area of Stapley Water Gardens where there was some water running through and such. And it it felt very tropical. Yeah. And uh, because that's what it was, it was just a big greenhouse. And. I started with Chikorita, I think, on Pokemon uh, Silver. And right. it was, a, yeah, it was a very exciting, epic experience that I still remember to this day. Yeah. Yeah, naturally, Cyndaquil for me. Well, it was weird because Totodile was definitely my favourite one. But for some reason, I think I took pity on Chikorita. I was like, oh, look, look at that one. It's not very appealing, is it? I'm going to pick that one because people <laughs> probably you, don't pick this one because it's, it's the least coolest one. <laughs> it was the first shiny I got in Pokemon Go as well. And I was like, oh, really? <laughs> like, <laughs> I, I mean, you know, nothing against Meganium, is it? The, the fully evolved? Yeah, yeah, yeah. One like bay leaf, I called it meganium, but yeah, it it might be meganium. Like I don't, I don't, I don't know. 
still not always, pronounce some of those names. But. I always thought he was super lame, but to be honest with you, at that point, like Pokemon Fever had died down that much. Like I was playing it, my mate Woody was playing it, but I don't know that many people who were. We were also playing Dragon Warrior Monsters at the same time, mm. which is that game had come out, and being the first of the Pokemon clones, yeah. we were like, oh, this is really cool. Yeah, and some it's, of the monster just... design was a bit more adult. Yeah. Let's just give give like props to Pokemon Silver for putting the bike on the select button. Oh God, yeah, no, I'm totally, <laughs> totally with you on that. Just the ability to do that of not having to go into your inventory and do all these other things. When Whenever I, I think my... about the improvements made between those two games, that's the biggest one. I don't think about the color graphics or anything like that. Even though it wasn't yeah. actually a Game Boy Color game, was it? No, it wasn't. It was enhanced, uh, very yeah. much like Pokemon Yellow was. It was one of those ones that could be played on both, unlike Crystal, which came out later, which is purely yeah. for the Game Boy Color. Um, yeah, I, I, God, I, I played that game a lot, man. Like, I, I love it. I, I can't talk with such enthusiasm because, like I said, it was a time and place thing. I remember we would, me and my mate Woody would go to Neath, which is a, a town near my hometown, because in the town hall there, once a month, they would have Pokemon trading card events where you could buy and trade Pokemon cards with other people. And I mm. remember buying lots of Japanese Pokemon cards and trading stuff with other people and doing these things. But like generally, as part of that, you would go there and you would be like, hey, anyone got gold? Has anyone got gold? I need X Pokemon. And then you would trade with people. Or you'd be like, give you... Oh, right. Look at that. Wow, you got a level uh, 78 Ho-Ho. That's interesting. Uh, what if I give you this uh, Brock Scholem and you give me that Ho-Ho, Ho-Ho, Ho-Ho? <laughs> and that's how deals were made, Tom, back in those industrious times. That's interesting, yeah. Yeah, uh, so, God, I love those games very, very much. Do you remember I your team? I, oh, yeah, of course I remember my team. Uh, right then. So I'm jumping so, the gun here. <laughs> I, had, I had a Typhlosion, obviously. Um, I had a Tyranitar, which I can definitively say my favourite Pokemon of that generation. Hmm. Um, I had a Dragonite. I had a... Uh, the, the, the shiny Gyarados, obviously, as did every cool kid. Um, I had a Lugia, and yeah, eventually, like I said, I got a Ho-Ho from someone, I think. So I had the two legendary birds and then some other bits and bobs. I never went to an event to get Cerebee, so I never I never got no, that 251. No, I never had it either. But yeah, I, I enjoyed that game. You could get could you get Cerebee in Pokemon Crystal? Or is that one of those weird urban myth things like, hey, if you if you use strength oh. on the truck in Cinnabar Island, you can get Mew and all of the I weird don't know. stuff. I don't know, around. actually. I, I think there may be a way to get Cerebee and Pokemon Crystal, if I remember serves. Apologies, folks, if I'm just perpetuating a 20-year-old urban myth when I say that. N- but nowadays, they just give them away on Mystery Gift randomly every so often. Yeah, they? exactly. These, I mean, uh, that, that's kind of what mythical. it's turned into with Pokemon Go as well. It's just like they all give you them in a field research box. Oh, they're, they're mythical, aren't yeah, they, those ones? they are. They the are, ones that they gave yes. away after. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I'm just anyway. trying to remind myself of what I had on there. Yeah? Oh, yeah. Togetic, I think. No, yeah. no, no, that was later. Sorry, I'm thinking Soul Silver. <laughs> uh, we'll get on to that. I think I had Quagsire and yeah. um, obviously oh, Meganium. I know what I had before that ho ho that I traded. I had um, Bellum. Is that his name? The the mushroomy fighting Pokemon. Was that Gold and Silver? Yeah, I think so, right? 
Mm, I don't think he is golden silver. He may, he may have been in my emerald squad, actually, now I'm thinking about it. Let me let me consult my handy dandy Pokedex that is Pokemon Go, Tom, and I can tell. Remember, you. oh no, I I know what it was. <laughs> I know I know what my sixth was. It was an Ampharos. Ah, which up until the point I got cool. a Tyranitar was my my favorite Pokemon in that gen. And then I saw there were some great Pokemon in that generation. I like when you think about it, right? As I mentioned up front, a lot of these Pokemon were designed for Pokemon Red and rejected, and then they were like, oh, actually, no, this this Pokemon is too cool. This needs to go in this game. I had a pseudo wood as well for a long time, very much like Snorlax, but it just wasn't that good, unfortunately. Yeah. I, I had an unknown in my team, which is crazy, isn't it? Because yeah. why would you? It had one move, hidden power. I remember. But again, had it at the beginning, didn't I? Yeah. And because yeah, of the yeah. way I thought, I thought, I'm going to keep that in my team. I can't get him out of there. And when you get to a certain level, I mean, it's not bad. Hidden yeah. power, but it doesn't give you a lot of variety to play with. So no. I'm probably a, one of the few people who has a very high level <laughs> unknown. God, we I remember there being so many like things around unknown, and it being such a mystery of why the runes were on the wall. And I remember spending so much time trying to catch every sodding unknown in that floor of the the tower. Trying oh, they, to go they like, make oh, up the whole alphabet. Yeah, if, yeah. You get the, if you get the whole alphabet, it'll unlock a secret door and you could get Celebi. Yeah, didn't happen, Tom. <laughs> take another take cool one, me. Umbreon. That was a cool one from that generation. Umbreon, Umbreon still my favourite evolution, I think. I, I I don't think it's been any better than Umbreon. I like Tangrowth as an evolution of uh, Tangler. Yeah, I mean, I I like Slowking. I don't. There's lots of cool Pokemon in that gen. I mean, I I've never really liked the dogs, if I'm honest. Like, I've never really been a fan of uh, Raikou, Entai, and oh no, that was an interesting Suicune. thing. Suicune, yeah, because yeah. they travelled round, didn't they? And you just they bump did. into them. Yeah, yeah. They were on your map, I think. You could see where they are, and then you try and travel to that part, hopefully that you might bump into them. But when you do, it's very difficult to oh, catch God, them. Oh, God, they're it? a pain in the arse. It took so frigging long for me to catch a Raikou. Ironically, my, my wife struggled to catch Entai for almost a bloody year of it being in raids in Pokemon Go. Mm. Like It's just something about those dogs. They run The rate of them running away is just way too high, I think. But, yeah, Entai obviously so uh, got centre stage in the third Pokemon movie, where he became a little girl's father. I don't know. I haven't seen the third to Pokemon movie. I'm going to be honest. I don't. I best, don't even know but... what the second Pokemon movie is. It's the Lugia one. Oh, okay. I'm, I went to see that. Pokemon. In I, think I got a Pokemon card. What was it called? I can't remember. Two thousand. It was called Pokemon two thousand. Pokemon two thousand. About... Yeah. Like everything it was about else. A guy. Yeah. He wanted to yeah. catch all the legendary birds. Yeah. And uh, so all they, they were all in there. And then Slowking, there was a talking Slowking in it. Yeah, I remember that too. And it probably had Tracy in it because it was probably around the time just before the Pokemon um, Gold and Silver where in the series they were doing the Orange Island League. Yeah. And Brock wasn't there, but they had <laughs> Tracy who was a Pokemon watcher. And yeah, he's going to make I'd... a quick sketch. I'd forgotten about <laughs> Tracy. Oh, that's so funny. Anyways, yeah, I didn't play Pokemon Crystal, which came out after this. Like in oh. looking at the release, dates, I didn't like it, at the time. No, no, I, I just didn't. Like, we it's really weird to look at this right and say Europe April six two thousand and one is the date the Pokemon Gold and Silver came out, and then 
Crystal was November second, two thousand and one. So like just just on the cusp of the Game Boy Advance, like so late into that cycle, and that's probably why no one I knew played it because it came out in came out in Japan in November twenty first, nineteen ninety nine, and then in America in two thousand. I think I ended up getting that for Christmas that year as well. But like, yeah, it's just so weird that Crystal came out so soon, and I remember. You could swap Pokemon with Pokemon Crystal in the Japanese version over the the Game Boy Mobile link. You could literally like text your mate a Pokemon. I remember being like, That's "Wow, crazy, the yeah. future!" At the time, just it, it it was a feature that was never unfortunately put in the the English localizations of that game. But I have a Pokemon Game Boy link, and I have a copy of Pokemon Silver. One day, I wow. will text myself a copy. <laughs> Of a Pokemon, and it'll be glorious. But until then, that's how it is. Yeah, Crystal was really cool because they had the little animations, didn't it? I guess yeah. the the power of the Game Boy Color allowed them to put in these little animations whenever a Pokemon appeared, and they're really cool. And the redrawn sprites, I think they had redrawn sprites. Didn't they, they have redrawn sprites, yeah, the same way Yellow does. And yeah, Crystal was a great entry. It had an, also a storyline, didn't it, about Suicune? But I've actually yes. not played enough of Crystal to actually get into that part of the game where, where Suicune obviously becomes more uh, prominent as a, as a yeah, story Yeah, likewise. Thing. I, I, honestly, I, as I mentioned on last week's podcast, I think I own many copies of that game. I don't have a box one. These, Annoyingly, this is the only generation of Pokemon I don't own complete in box. I don't have any of these versions. I don't even know what happened to my Japanese cart, if I'm honest. It must be in my mum's somewhere, but I've never found it because I, I couldn't sell it mm. because you couldn't sell Japanese games in Game Station. But mm is the only one I don't have physical copies of. And I one day I'll correct that. Hopefully I'll run across them in the wild. But they're getting pretty pricey. Yeah, Cop- okay. Box copy of gold now, ranging on 100 quid. Box copy of crystal, even more. Because so, this is there's Pokemon collectors out there. Because obviously you can play these games now. You can download them on yeah. your DS um, and play them digitally. Mm-hmm. But I guess people still want to own those physical cartridges. I'm not going to lie to you. I almost bought the 3DS virtual console versions of them, which were more expensive, but came with like a replica box. And I was like, no, that's <laughs> yeah. madness, Matt. Don't do that. So I didn't. No, no. I didn't rebuy them on 3DS uh, at all. Because you have Soul Silver and Heart Gold, or Heart Gold and Soul Silver. Um, yeah. Which are, for my money, the greatest Pokemon games ever made. I, I think the price that they still for reflects that they are still very expensive games especially after the pandemic of people wanting to play pokemon i think in an accessible way yeah came out in europe in 2010 at that point tom parry believe it or not person who has a youtube channel and a podcast about video gaming i was not playing games and so i saw it come out looked at it and was like oh man i should get that that would be really fun to replay that game again and i didn't um I got a Pokemon Walker. <laughs> I found it in the middle of Swansea, so someone had dropped it, obviously. And I would be like, oh my god, Pokemon Walker. So I had the Pokemon Walker for absolutely ages. It was scuffed to crap. Like, the screen on it yeah. is clearly like it had been kicked around the floor, I think. Yeah. Probably yeah. in the middle of Swansea. But I, I had the Pokemon Walker, and then eventually when I got a copy of both Soul Silver and Heart Gold, I think, when I bought um, a Pokemon DSi in a flea market. I've never linked them up, but like I've always had that intention of going like, right, one day I'm going to play these games again because 
they're really enjoyable. But I don't want to get sucked down that rabbit hole, if I'm totally mm. honest, because I know what Pokemon Power has over me. I think they're so good because they are remakes of the best Pokemon games of that time, I think. Yeah. And they added so much to them, updated mm-hmm. them to have all the features of the of the most recent Pokemon games. I, I played Pokemon Diamond, but just totally fallen off it. And at that point, I wasn't interested in Pokemon. I was like, ah, it's just the same sort of thing. I've done this before. Yeah. Um, there was something about that game that didn't grab me. Yet going back and getting and getting Soul Silver and going back to the Kanto and Johto, yeah, um, was just an experience that really grabbed hold of me. And uh, I took a photo of it today because I looked it up on my uh, DS cartridge. Yeah. Uh, but I did 211 hours on that, and I, that was the point where I got so into Pokemon. I remember I got the Pokedex book, and I was yeah. up at night, late into the night plotting my pokemon team oh yeah i learned that move at that level okay right so i've got it then i sort of balancing all the moves across the team yeah, and yeah, i'd yeah. never got into that level so i'd grown up i'd got older and i'd never played pokemon that sort of level before but as i get older i think i appreciated more the intricacies of yeah, pokemon yeah, and creating yeah. a strong team and that game just had everything uh, about it that was the one i really got into and looking at my team now they were quite high levels. Do you want to hear what I had on Soul Silver? Sure, go for it. Okay, I had a, a for alligator. So finally, I'd uh, come to my senses and started with Totodile. <laughs> uh, <laughs> but I called him Steeb. I don't know why yeah. I called him Steeb. Uh, not Steve, but Steeb. A Magmortar. Yeah. Uh, a Garchomp. Yeah. Uh, Honchcrow, Ampharos, and. A Ambipom. Is it Ambi- Who's what's the evolved Ambipom? Oh, I, I I can see it in my head. I can't remember. Is it what Ambipom or, or is that the evolved? I can't remember the I name. Because I called Ambipom is the second one. I will check this, Tom, while you tell the story. I'm also checking now because I named that Pokemon, so I yeah. can't remember what its original name was. Okay, Ambipom is the Apom is the small one, yeah, and then the evolved one is Ambipom. I called him Cockfingers. <laughs> Uh, because he has these cock-like fingers on his tails. Yeah, I know. But I, I also just want to point out, though, that two of the Pokemon you've mentioned are not actually original Johto Pokemon. It's just that Soul Silver allowed you to get later oh, Pokemon. Oh, yes, that's in right. From that's why Diamond it was so Bill. great, hey? Um, yep. But Cock Fingers, the name was too long, so I had to drop a K. So it's Cock with uh, out a K. Oh, Just in case you, you're wondering. But, you know, I, I, it's not that I don't like the Pokemon. That's an affectionate name I gave him. <laughs> yeah, I'm sure. He's level 70. I mean, uh, Amphros level 90, Huntcrow 91, Steve 88, Magmortar 93, Garchomp a whopping 95. For me, these are good levels. <laughs> yeah, they are. I mean, it, that's the same level of enthusiasm, I think. I probably put into red. So I don't know how I found that again, but that you know, brought me back to Pokemon after Diamond... After I mean, I played Ruby and Sapphire, I played Diamond and Pearl, but it was Soul yeah. Silver that got me back into it. Do you think this should be a two-parter? Perhaps. <laughs> yeah, I think that we can... I think that we can talk a little bit about the third generation of Pokemon yeah. a bit quicker, but I think maybe we call it there, because we don't really have a lot to say about the fourth gen, I think, between us. The fifth, I think, is where I get back into it and definitely where I know you do because you even played Black and White too. I would say Black is one of my favourites. 
Okay, right. Let's talk about the third generation pretty quickly yeah. because I think this was my falling off point for Pokemon through no font of the game's own, but it was just because I didn't start playing them until I was I was in college at that point. Like you know, I had a I had a serious girlfriend and everything else, and I was like, well, should I be playing video games as much as I am? So Pokemon Ruby and Sapphire came out in Europe in July twenty fifth, two thousand and three which is when I was in the middle of comp. By that point, I think I was playing a lot more JRPGs. I think I was playing things like survival horrors, and so much so that I'd started to take my copies of Game Boy Color games. Not so much, but a lot of my N64 stuff went to GameStation as I started buying more PlayStation 1 games. Very happy to say that... In hindsight, my me taking my copy of Pokemon Stadium to GameStop in Patalba and trading it in for a copy of Secret and Manor and a boxed complete copy of Castlevania Symphony of the Night for the PS1, perhaps one of the best decisions I've ever made. But a lot of my, my a lot of my stuff went in the way. I looked at Ruby and Sapphire. I was like, oh, should I get them? Should I not? But I think at that point I was going through the Castlevania games on the Game Boy Advance. And I was like, well, these are enough to keep me occupied. Either that or Metroid Fusion. I remember playing that one summer mm. a hell of a lot too. So I did not play Ruby and Sapphire proper. And as I've previously mentioned, nor did I play Fire Red and Leaf Green. What I did play, and now I'm looking at this Bulbapedia article, I can understand why. I played a lot of Pokemon Emerald um, because... As I mentioned, I had I had a serious girlfriend, and we were in, um, in a video rental shop, uh, in Patalba called Video World, um, which is where we used to rent all our games as kids. So, my pa- my parents' shop and my my grandparents lived so close to Video World that you know when you think of like a blockbuster number or whatever, it's probably a couple of digits. Our number for the video rental shop was five. We were the fifth people to sign up for this video rental shop. Uh, And anyway, I went in there and I saw that they had a glass cabinet full of games. It's where I would eventually pick up um, the DS version of Animal Crossing and stuff. They started to get imports, especially from Australia for some reason, because I remember seeing the the gold cartridge Ocarina of Time there and I didn't buy it. Mm. And it's still one of the things I kick myself about to this day. They had a copy of Pokemon Emerald um, like a couple of months before it was due out. And I was like, oh my God, there's a game that's not released yet. And my girlfriend was just like, you're really going to buy a Pokemon game? And I was like, oh, go on. Why not? It's only 30 quid. Like that's my blinking. What's that money you used to get when you were in college? Like they would give you money for going to college. I don't think I gave me money for going to college. Do, do you never remember. get that? Uh, I think it was called like EMA or something. Like you oh, would get, okay. You would get money for going to college in Wales. Oh, cool. At least. I can't recall. And so that. I was just like, oh well, I, this is this is like this is a fraction of my part-time job. I'm probably my EMA. I'm just going to buy this copy of Pokemon. I remember anyway. student loan <laughs> from oh, no, university. That was, that was uni. That was later. That was when they gave you money and you really probably shouldn't have taken it. Anyway, um, I bought. Pokemon Emerald, because uh, as I'm looking at this chart now, I can see it came out in June 9th, 2005 in Australia and wasn't released in Europe until October 21, 20, uh, 2005. Coming out in May as well in North America. And I played it. I was like, oh my god, this game's so good. And I, I remember losing a lot of hours to Pokemon Emerald and going like, oh man, Pokemon games are just comfort food. They're just so good. 
And yeah, unsurprisingly, unrelated to Pokemon Emerald, but I think it was perhaps a sign that I was just playing this game and ignoring my girlfriend a bit too much at the time. So Pokemon and... killed your relationship? No, I think I think that relationship was on the wane anyway, but I think Pokemon <laughs> hadn't seen it over the finish line, potentially. Um, yeah, it, it taught me a lot about, you know, respecting other people when you're in a relationship and stuff in hindsight, but at the time I just was really into Pokemon Emerald. Um, <laughs> I, I shouldn't laugh. Um, yeah. Pokemon Emerald, were you playing that on an SP or an original Game Boy Advance? I, I only owned an original Game Boy Advance at the time. Believe it or not, the the first SP I got was, I believe, the 101 that I bought here in a flea market. Yeah, I, I, I was never also playing uh, Pokemon Sapphire on a Game Boy Advance. In fact, again, Pokemon was the reason I own a Game Boy Advance. Because I wasn't interested in one until Sapphire, and I got a silver one from Argos. Nice. And a copy of Pokemon Sapphire. I I had the launch one, so I had the like the purple transparent one that came out with launch because purple and orange are my favorite colors, so I got that. Um, yeah, no, I I had to like dust it out. I had to find it. I had a weird, I bought in like Poundland or somewhere one of these like attachment things for the Game Boy Advance hmm. um, that like plugged in and gave it like a sound booster and a rumble and all these other things. Did it give really it any sort of better no, light? No, it didn't. No, it that did not. Unfortunately, major flaw of that console. And looking back at it now, I can't believe how we played Game Boy Advances. How Again, dark that screen is. While I joke that Pokemon Red is probably something to do with the fact I wear glasses, playing through the frigging Castlevania games, especially Circle of the Moon on that Game Boy Advance, is definitely probably did me some eye strain. They talk about console upgrades nowadays looking a bit better. Maybe it's got better lighting, you know, HDR and all that. <laughs> How the about if you could see the screen? Was being able to see what you were doing. Yeah, and that was uh, the obviously the SP, and after that, uh, the DS Lite would let you play Pokemon. Uh, sorry, Game Boy Advance games in general, <laughs> and be able to see them. Yeah, I mean the Game Boy <laughs> player as well. Like, had I yes, been into Pokemon right, yeah. at that point, I definitely would have got that, but I didn't. But yeah. It's... Uh, but one th- one of the biggest uh, innovations of I think uh, Ruby and Sapphire was was running. Now, yes. if you hold down B, you get the running shoes, and you can yep. you can get around a lot quicker than you would normally on foot. And I think the you know, didn't you have two different types of bikes as well, like the yeah, acro bike or the Mac got, bike? Yeah, you got like an upgraded bike as well. It was like four times the walk speed from what I remember because I would just whiz around on that because you would hold down like you hold down right and you'd be like, oh crap, I hit a wall. Oh crap, I hit a wall. Oh crap, I hit yes, a wall. Yes, I remember that as well. Um, and it was in widescreen, obviously, as well. That was quite a, a big thing for, I suppose, at the time. It was obviously a wider picture on the Game yeah, Boy Advance. It was. Hmm. But uh, I think, again, a, a good, a strong entry. Um, I think so. I can't remember I, what Pokemon I had. <laughs> I'm trying to think. I mean, I I definitely had a Rayquaza. I'm... I definitely had... Oh, yeah. Well, the, um, that was introduced in Emerald, wasn't it? It was, yeah. And that's mm. why I... I ended up getting it. I definitely, my starting Pokemon, as I mentioned, was a Torchic that I called Clive. I had a Blaziken. I 100 and 110% now had a Breloom. Um, I had an Agron. Oh, Agron's a cool one. I had I a think Salamance, I did. a Kygore, and a Rayquaza. I was pretty legendary at that point just because I liked the design of those Pokemon. 
I yeah, wow, yeah. I, I it was all that gen as well because I I didn't obviously have the means to go back and get my old ones. I'm sure you could catch older Pokemon in that game as you can in every Pokemon game, but I I remember sticking to a specifically a squad from that game. It's mostly legendaries because I just I I think a lot of those legendary Pokemon were just way overpowered <laughs> from what mm. I remember and made beating the Elite Four in that game very easy. I remember some variety in the the locations as well. I remember a town which was all tree houses, yeah. like an Ewok village. Yeah, that's one of my memories. This one, just one of the things I remember about that game. I remember the hideout as well. Like, wasn't that introduced in that game? Like the idea that you. Oh yeah, you had your own little Pokemon hideout. Other than yeah. your bedroom, it was something you could customize. Mm-hmm. God, I can't believe we didn't even mention the fact that Pokemon Gold and Silver have a day and night cycle. Because I mean, oh yeah, and the breeding, uh, the, yeah. the genders. You know, all of the things that they did, <laughs> and like how they. I just I. The, Let's be honest, this is just us gushing about these games and how much they've mean to us rather than an extensive list of what those games did for the genre. I mean, it it is what it is. I mean, all those things are cool, but nothing beats Bike on the Select button. No. (laughs) Bike bike on the Select button is clearly the winner. Um, Yeah, yeah, I I played a lot of Emeralds. I don't don't think I would have played it anywhere near as much as I played Silver and Gold because... Even now, like I can roughly remember what my team was, but my memories of that game, specific points about it, like what you do, and mm. all of it's very hazy in a way that I think is probably true of all Pokemon games from this point, if I'm totally so, honest. So you didn't play Omega, Ruby, and Alpha Sapphire then? I never did, no. I never went back and bought those. I remember them coming out when we were in Denmark, and I remember you yeah. picking them up. And I Yeah, I got, well, I got Omega Ruby, yeah. I look. I remember being in um, Stereo Studio, which is like a Danish chain of stores. For those who don't know, it isn't with us anymore. Long before the pandemic, it closed down. And I remember looking at the limited edition version they had with the steel tin, and I was mm. like, "Oh, maybe I should get one of these." And I, I never did. Well, for me, it was a great sequel to Soul Silver. It yeah. was like taking those classic Pokemon games and just Im- improving them uh, with all the latest advancements in technology since the Game Boy Advance to the DS. Uh, I had, I can tell you my team on that one. Now, again, sure. these, because you could also catch Pokemon from different regions, I think, on Omega yeah. Sapphire. So these may have not all from that generation, but I had Camerupt, which yeah. was a volcano camel. I think uh, that's from X, that gen. Xploud, it's the loud, it's Loudred evolution. Oh, that's from Diamond and Pearl, I think, right? The shouty oh. Pokemon. Yes. I had a, a Mite Yina. Which yeah. was the dog Pokemon of, of that period, I think. I had yeah. an Altaria, which was the bird in the cloud. There was Ooh. a cloud that had a bird in it. Oh, yeah, I know the one you're talking about. It's uh, the. A ha- Sorry. Isn't it like the weird evolutions of like Thunderos and stuff where they. No, 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 no. It's a different Pokemon. Yeah. It's a blue bird that sits inside a cloud. Oh, it's the um, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's the evolved Swablu. Oh yeah, there you go. Yeah, sorry. I had a Hariyama, which was the sumo wrestling Pokemon. Yeah, the evolved. Um, oh god, I I catch these Pokemon so blinking regularly. <laughs> In, it's the evolved <laughs> version of Mahuhita. Mahuhita. Yeah. yeah, yeah. 
the Cartman type Pokemon. I always think of Cartman. I don't know why. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and then I chose that the um, what's he called? Snivy. Snivy, yeah. To start off with, and I've got whatever the third evolution of Snivy is, but I called him Trevor. So his name is Septile. Septile. I will be honest. In hindsight, I remember this is one of these weird things, right? So like. Why I find the original, like, what's your favourite of the original 150 Pokemon so difficult to do is, like, my experience has been coloured by Pokemon Go since my experience has been coloured by the Pokemon trading card game and lots of other stuff. And in retrospect, what I prob- my favourite Pokemon that I would have started with of those three, as much as I love Torchic and as much as Clive means to me, I would have probably started with Mudkip because in Pokemon Go, like having a Swampert has been amazing. That's it. You've reminded me. That's what I started with on my copy of the original Pokemon uh, Sapphire for Game Boy Advance. Yeah, it was Mudkip. Interesting. Swampert is pretty great. Swampert it's similar is to Quagsire, isn't it? it? It's a ground water type. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 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 I have a shiny one, he's pink, and he's got Hydra Cannon because of a special event. Look at him, Tom. He glows. He glows! Um, <laughs> you just have anyway. to imagine that. <laughs> yeah, um, he's, he's, he's pink and sparkly. Marvellous. Uh, yeah, so that was the original three main series Pokemon games. We talked about their spin-offs and their remakes. Yes. But I think we should probably leave it there for now. I think so. I mean... And continue this next time. I, I think that's probably for the best. I would like to give a quick shout out to the the two games that we will probably not mention next time, but maybe me saying this will create space for them. I played an awful lot of the Pokemon trading card game on the, the Game Boy <sighs> Color, and I also me played too. quite a lot of Pokemon Pinball. But like, yep, I had both those games as so well. I just want to say they're very good. Um Pokemon trading card game also had a bit of a a thing in the local area where I knew a lot of people who were playing that and we would play not only Pokemon trading cards like I said and go to this town hall to buy Pokemon cards but we would also play a lot of the Pokemon trading card game because to be honest with you it was a lot less faff than actually trying to buy the cards and try and get like four Charizards which I never managed to It was really fantastic uh, version of, of the game Funny, on a Game Boy as well, of all the things, it doesn't seem like a platform that could pull that off. No, it doesn't. Because the, you know, the, the artwork on those cards is really nice, and obviously having to distill that into a, a small graphic on a Game Boy with limited colours is, is quite a challenge. But well, it, it was a good game. I think it does it better in your head than it actually does, if I'm honest. like I remember you have it when you like clicked on the no, card. No, I'm saying it wasn't very good, screen. was it? <laughs> Oh, yeah, hey, it still worked. It was fine. You still it worked. Still yeah, it played a good game, work. which is uh, I'm yeah, still quite impressive. Still gutted that we never got the second Pokemon trading card game in English, but that that's how it goes. I didn't know there was one. There is, yeah, it's a Japan only game and quite pricey these days, unfortunately. I I wish that game had come out. I I loved that Pokemon trading card game. A Pokemon pinball, like I said, it was nice. Um, it rumbled. It rumbled. It was it was very minimal. I never actually bought it myself, but I played a mate's copy. Two a lot. tables, but it was quite cool because it introduced the catching mechanic. You know, as well as playing yeah. pinball, you were catching Pokemon at the same time. Yeah, so. yeah, 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 yeah. No, it was yeah, cool. Don't get me wrong. It was really good. I played that on a lot of camping trips. 
Yeah. Did you play any Pokemon Puzzle Challenge, you know, being like a Tetris spin-off aficionado? Later. I got it uh, download digital version on the DS. Oh, okay. Uh, because I, I came late to uh, Puzzle League. It was actually... it was. I got it for the N64, Pokemon yeah. Puzzle League for N64, um, years and years after the fact. And then me and Gareth, uh, my friend Gareth, started playing them uh, every Thursday night. Puzzle League would be the, the, the last game of the evening. Yeah. And uh, we have so much fun on that game. And I, I've discovered a real gem of a, of a competitive puzzle game. And so, yeah, I decided to pick up that original. Uh, I don't know, actually. That was a sequel to the N64 game, wasn't it? Because that I came think first. So, yeah. Isn't yeah, because it... it used gold and silver Pokemon. Yes, it did. Um, yeah. Wasn't isn't there some weird lineage of puzzle games there with the puzzle league stuff? That I know it was Tetris Attack originally. It's panel it's... upon originally in yeah, Japan, it is and then upon, released in the West as Tetris Attack, which is not Tetris by any means. No. Uh, yeah. And then released on several different formats. I mean, there's a DS version of Puzzle League, which is really yep. good. There's a Game Boy Advance and Dr. Mario double pack, uh, I think. Yeah, there v- is. Vaguely recall, yeah, which is which is very good. Uh, great franchise. Um, yeah. They stuck some Pokemon in it as well. Uh, still a great game with added Pokemon. What's not to like? <laughs> exactly. Um, I, I never played as well, to give it its due. There was also a Pokemon Pin Bottle, Ruby and Sapphire for the Game Boy Advance. I think I own it. I've never actually played it, if I'm totally honest. I think honest. I downloaded that on the Wii U. Yeah? Yeah, when they started doing... I've not played that as much for the original. I mean, two games we haven't talked much about. We talked about original Stadium. There's, of course, Stadium 2, yeah. which was more of the same, but also very good. Yeah, I, I uh, liked The graphics were a bit better, I think, in that one. Uh, and the snap, but snap could have a whole episode because it's we can, so unique. We can talk about snap next week, Tom. Okay. Don't worry. We'll I kick just wanna... off next week's with uh, yeah. snap. I was just gonna. I was also gonna mention as well, like Pokemon Mystery Dungeon also came out on the Game Boy Advance, the Red Rescue Team game. Never played I ne- them. I never played it, and like I'm kind of sad in hindsight knowing it's Shirin the Wanderer games. It's um, it's Spike Chunsoft. I would like to go and play that game because I think it's yeah. pretty good. Ironically, I'm not so interested. I got a cop. I got a copy of that game from CEX after I actually ordered a copy of um, Ninja Cop, <laughs> so I was kind of annoyed. They refunded me, and I got to keep the game. But yeah, I, CEX when they started listing Game Boy Advance games, Ninja Cop was only fifteen quid, and I was like, "Oh, wow. I'll have a car upgrade for fifteen quid," and they never sent it to me. So someone out there who ordered Pokemon uh, Mystery Dungeon got a, a nice surprise in the mail, or they were like, "Oh no, bugger this," and threw it in the trash. Who knows? Anyways. This is the conclusion of our episode number one of our Pokemon retrospective year on Tom and Matt Attack. And Hope here we were enjoyed. Yeah, here we were thinking we could cram it all into one hour-long oh, episode. I, it's I, impossible. I had, a, I had a feeling, which is why at the end of when we were talking about this last week before we did it, I was like, "Well, maybe we shouldn't do the spin-offs because I have a lot of love for those first two games. It's going to take a while to express that." But yeah, here we are. Um, I think next week's episode will go a lot quicker than this because I don't think there's that much love and nostalgia there for me. It's me, yeah. No, I'm not going to spoil it, Tom. I'll talk about it all next week. Well, we'll talk next week. We'll talk a little about those later games and the future of Pokemon as well, and yes. Pokemon uh, as a franchise, I think, and as a, as a phenomenon. Yes, exactly. Yeah. And 
Yeah, we can we can get into Snap as well because I like a bit of Pokemon Snap. <laughs> anyway, uh, if you've enjoyed this podcast, uh, let us know on all of the social medias that we inhabit. You can go to Facebook at facebook.com forward slash Tom and Matt attack. You can go to Twitter at TMACast or Tom Parry 11 or at Gameboyle for me. Um, you can also comment on the blog at tomandmattattack.com forward slash podcast where you can download and listen to the podcast as you can on blastprocess.com too. We're also in iTunes, Stitcher and Spotify so give us a cheeky rate and subscribe and subscribe to us there and download and do all the other things. You know what to do. You've listened to podcasts before. If you have, I put it out kind of late last time, but if you have any special memories of Pokemon games and you've enjoyed listening to us reminisce, just let us know. Just tweet them um, at us at TMACast or leave them in a comment in one of the places and we will mention them at the end of next week's podcast. Mm. Tom, it's been a pleasure, mate, joining oh, da- walking pleasure, down mate. memory lane. Always happy to talk about Pokemon. <laughs> yeah, and I, I'm gonna, I'm gonna send this to a couple of my mates uh, who have <laughs> been mentioned on this Pokemon. So, <laughs> big thank you to all my friends. Obviously, who are still my friends at this point, and uh, yeah, it was, it was a pleasure. Reminiscing Same here. About Pokemon isn't just listening. something you experience on your own. It is a, a social uh, phenomenon. Yeah. I mean, that's certainly how I got into the DS once, Tom, but that's a story for next week. Okay, everybody, take care of yourselves and be sure to game on. Game on. Game on.